I love my Spanish teacher and I didn't learn jack squat. In <laughs> she was awesome and she was super encouraging and she tried her best. And guess what? That was a wall that my brain did not accept. <laughs> it was not working. This is the One Step Better podcast. Helping small businesses make wins each and every week. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the One Step Better podcast. I am Mike. This is Matt. We're excited to have you uh, listening in this week. Really appreciate it. So, Matt, today we're going to talk about uh, um, our favorite topic, accounting. (laughs) (laughs) And since everybody has turned off their podcast. We're going to read financial statement for 45 minutes. No, This is going to be... Yeah. Revenue. No, uh, we are going to talk about accounting a little bit, but the reality is, uh, you know, a lot of times I remember back in college when I was going to school, I was a mate uh, at University of Memphis as an accounting major. And a lot of times the idea of accounting was somewhat vague in what I, you know, early on in, in my education of what I actually wanted to do with it. I knew that it was a good degree. I knew that it had to deal with numbers. I knew that it had to deal with taxes. I knew there was a financial aspect, but what does that actually mean? Yeah. And that has been uh, even more increased, the unknown piece of that, uh, later in my career, whenever, I think a lot of people just say, I need an accountant, yeah. I, need, I need a CPA, or I need somebody to do whatever. And there's really a, um, not always a connection between why I even need that person, other than I've always been told I need that person. It's a very broad thing. It's a very broad thing, yep. Uh, and so today, we want to get into the role of the, why I need an accountant. Uh, and what that the actual answer to that question. Yep. Um, and so that's going to be our goal today. We want to talk through about accounting, but not in the nerdy way. We're not going to... Well, anytime know. we're talking about accounting, we're talking about the nerdy <laughs> way. Gonna, Let's just real clear. We're going to try to make it less nerdy. Less nerdy. Less no, nerdy. it is honestly is why you need an accountant, right? Why what, or why What's not everybody is an accountant? Yeah, why, it's okay why, not to be an accountant. Yeah, but but, yeah. but what, what your accounting accountant should be doing for you and what that means for a lot of small businesses and, and, and their leadership teams. So that's going to be kind of the goal of today's conversation. We want to be able to, to talk through uh, talk through that. But before we do that, of course, we always have to start with something a little bit more lightweight. Uh, that way uh, you can get to know us a little bit more and, and kind of see behind the scenes of, of how we think. Uh, and so the question of the week, Matt, is... Who was your most memorable or impactful teacher? We could even say, who was your favorite teacher? Favorite impactful, encouraged me to learn, I think I would say is a guy named Mr. Walker. Uh, He was my freshman and sophomore history teacher. He taught me geography and civics. And uh, what, uh, A, he made learning fun, which was, I think it, it kept everybody engaged even at you know your age of 15 16 years old that's a hard thing to do yeah good luck um uh, he he painted a really good picture of what that looks like with all right let's walk through how american civics works let's let's talk about all right let's talk about the roman empire but okay, what does that really mean from a physical geography map and it was in, i i like history in general but i also love the story of history as much as the you know, the dates and events. I, I, I like thinking about this thing happened here at this time. And this is what the life of someone looked at like during that time. And so I enjoyed those two classes, but I, he did a great job of keeping us all connected. And he was, um, I, and honestly, he was another adult mentor. He was just, this person is personable and outgoing and he wants to see you succeed. And he felt like his win was when 
his students were doing well. And so I, I just really enjoyed uh, being in his classes. That's cool. For me, there's two teachers that come to mind as soon as I read that question. Uh, uh, I had a Spanish teacher my freshman year of high school. Both of these are actually high school teachers. Um, my freshman year of high school who did a great job of connecting. Like I felt like I wasn't learning. I felt like it was just like we were hanging out in class and yeah, we were doing things and like we were taking tests and all the normal education stuff, um, but it didn't feel forced. It didn't feel crammed. Uh, and I, it, she made it fun. Uh, and I enjoyed that. Uh, and she also related learning Spanish to real world. It wasn't just go memorize a bunch of words, you know, don't do a bunch of vocab work, even though we did a ton of vocab work. <laughs> But it was, this is how you're actually going to use these words if you ever go to wherever you're going to go, that a Spanish-speaking country. Um, and I really enjoyed that. I didn't realize how much I had learned, it, like truly learned in that class until years later. When you and, went to a Spanish-speaking country. Well, not only that, but it was even if I would just see words, it's like, I know what that means. Yeah. And it was, oh, I don't, I have no idea how I actually remember that, but I did. Um, and Can, you, that was pretty impressive. You're perfectly fluent in Spanish now after two <laughs> wish, years of high school Spanish. I wish I was perfectly fluent, but I learned more in that first year Spanish class than I did in, except I, take, I took Spanish multiple years. But that first year was foundational bedrock. I love my I Spanish teacher, and I didn't learn jack squat in there. <laughs> she was awesome, and she was super encouraging, and she tried her best. And guess what? That was a wall that my brain did not accept. <laughs> it was not working. About, and she was, and she was one of the favorite teachers of everybody else. I'm like, I love her. She's great. I am getting a C in that class if I work my butt off. Yeah, <laughs> so I yeah. can't do anything better than that. My other teacher was my junior chemistry teacher. Um, her name was Miss Luster, uh, and she was she was fun. She was not what you think of when you think about like a typical scientist or, you know, chemistry teacher. Um, she made everything fun. She wasn't too serious. She liked to know. blow stuff up. She, right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> breaking bad. No. Yeah, that's right. Um, but she, she wasn't, she didn't take everything too serious and she, you know, she would crack jokes. And uh, again, she, she made it where I was learning without ever realizing that it was like educational classroom style learning. Yeah, and I and I thought about that too. Like you say, you say teacher. I often think through one of my biggest, I'll say, influencers growing up was a, was a coach. I, mean, yeah. I obviously was in, actively yeah. involved in sports. I had a coach that I just kind of like. He's my second father, so um, I got a couple of them actually that feel like, feel like that way. They they would treat me like their son. They would hold me accountable and encourage me, and um, they helped guide me to be both a good student and a good athlete. It was great. And I was very fortunate to have some really good coaches growing up. Yeah. I think a common thread there is whenever you're around people that are teaching you and leading you and mm -hmm. you don't even realize that's what they're doing. That's when, cause honestly it's, they're not, they're not, I would guess I could be wrong about this, but I would guess they're not, you know, Miss Luster when she shows up for Wednesday morning chemistry class, she's not thinking, Oh, these students are going to be chemists in 10 right. years. Right. She's thinking, hey, we're going to get through today and have some fun and yep. maybe teach some things. Yep. Uh, and those type of people that they're not out out to try to – their number one goal isn't to make you an expert in the thing they're showing you, but they're trying to make you well-rounded people that also know these things. Like those are fun people to be around. It's it's yeah. enjoyable. I, I, I always felt like the best teachers were the ones that gave me the thirst to learn. Like even if the subject wasn't something that I was super interested in, I still love the – they're making it tricky enough for me to want to learn about it. So I had a physics, I had a physics teacher that I really liked. I had a couple of accounting professors in college. Intrigued me to learn. I, I, they kept it interesting enough for me to be intrigued by the learning part. Yeah, yeah. 
And if you're listening, I would encourage you to think through what what those characteristics and traits are of your favorite teachers, your favorite people that are uh, influencing your life. What is it about them that's actually so special? And hopefully, in some ways, your accountant may show up on that list if they're doing the right job. Because we here at Patrick Accounting and Works don't necessarily see account your accountant as the person that's going to come into your life and make all these decisions and they're going to walk out and everything is better. That's not the role of an accountant, but they're the role of an accountant is that's going to be somebody that comes in and guides influence teaches you about some of the things that honestly you had no desire to learn, whether it's in a classroom setting or outside of a classroom setting, because we'll be the first people that always say accounting is one of the most boring things that you could possibly do. <laughs> no, not at all, Mike. Right. Um, and so we know that, and we know that not everybody's cut out for those things, but if you have the right person in your corner, then they're going to be able to guide you, teach you, lead you in a way that uh, maybe otherwise you yep. wouldn't you wouldn't yep. have, have had some experiences in. And so, Matt, whenever you think back to early on, whenever you decided, hey, this is the field of study that you're going to go into, this is your career, what was it about accounting that you think really made it stick? Why did you want to do that? I was always intrigued by... I was around my dad who owned a business. I was always intrigued by how they made money, you know, what their customer looked like, um, what their top selling. I, they, they were in the nursery business with, we probably had, you know, 500 varieties of plants that we would sell. You know, what sold well, when, who were their customers, what type of customers were they trying to attract? That was always, I didn't know that's what I liked about it, but that's what I liked about it. I was always asking questions like, who's your, who's your biggest customer? Like, who's that? I was curious. Or, you know, what do y'all sell most of? Or why do we have half of our, you know, of our, farm is made up this one type of plant. Why, why do we do that? And so there was obviously that part of me that was intrigued by that. The puzzle of how to improve that was always as I remember the high schooler thinking, how oh, they should only be selling those plants. Why they, I mean, I worked in the retail shop. We're selling Christmas trees. I'm like, why don't we sell poinsettias? And like, next thing I know, we're selling poinsettias. And like, you turn to think through that logic of they're already here to buy a Christmas tree. They're probably going to buy something. Like, I don't know. That's just kind of what I thought about. Yeah. Um, I was amazed when I first heard accounting of how much of it is just like understanding the vocabulary. I actually talked about that with, uh, we have a guy going back through some school here at the firm who's going on, is working on his uh, master's. And is like, I, I remember my first couple of accounting class going, I don't understand the vocabulary. Yeah. And so that's where I always find like our clients are similar to that. They kind of have an inkling of what they're looking for, but they may not be able to translate it from accounting into English. And so that's why I'm always intrigued by when we work with clients that, and, and also they are embarrassed that they don't understand it when I'm like, you, you shouldn't understand it. You, you didn't, you're not doing that for, I don't understand the pool business or the, the restaurant yeah. business like you do, but I can tell you how to translate accounting into English for you. Yeah. And so that's why I, I think about what we do really well. I, and I think it's super needed because if you, I mean, I, I know that if I think back about my U of M days, there were plenty of people that were in my accounting classes that were bombing. Like it was just, this doesn't click, doesn't make sense. They were failing. They didn't understand the the language. They, they never got it. And they were so freaking smart in yep. everything else. And it was because in some ways I was opposite. I The accounting piece clicked. I'm just <laughs> You're not being, smart. I know. Yeah, I, I get it. No. 100% honest. <laughs> the accounting stuff clicked, but a lot a lot of the other stuff was just like, I don't, I don't get it. And so it was, it was funny to have those, that experience because it was clear that, you know what, not everybody gets accounting and accountants don't always get everybody else. Oh yeah. And it was a clear line. Like the, you know, the running joke was always, Oh, you, you, you're failing accounting. You're definitely going to be a finance guy. <laughs> and right. I'm sure the finance guys were like, 
You're right. Oh, you're failing finance. I bet you're an accountant. Yeah, you know, yeah. very similar. Um, uh, and because it, it was, and I'm not saying that it's one or the other, but there was there's a there lot of a similarities. Yeah, I always find it like I was kind of the first thing that accounting was for me was the idea that it was a foreign language. Yeah, I didn't understand the words. I definitely know how they didn't mean, understand what they're meaning. I mean, I remember going. I remember very vividly asking my mom. My mom was the bookkeeper for my dad's office. I'm like. I, I know they're talking about this. I definitely should know it. But will you tell me what an asset is? Like, I remember that very vividly. Like, yeah. That's like the first couple of days in the class. Like, I don't know what they're talking about. And they just assume like I should know it. Yeah. And so I've done some tutoring with, a, you know, one of my best friends. His daughter was in accounting this, you know, last fall. And she was struggling, not understanding the ver- vocabulary. I went, okay, let's start back at vocabulary. Do you understand what this word means? I said, no, no. Do you really? I said, no. <laughs> and, so, and so I just started painting pictures to her. I said, okay, well. This is what that word means. This is what this is what that when we say that word, this is what also the synonym is. Yeah. And I don't think the accounting people that teach accounting one or two do a good enough job don't. of p- painting the picture. They don't they don't explain it in like normal people language. Yeah. So this girl was a, a college softball player and I said, "So you own a uh, sporting equipment store. The stuff in your store is what? Oh, bats, ball. That's called inventory." Oh, okay. That makes yeah. sense. Like now, yeah. what do we do? We got to sell a bat. How much are we selling a bat for? How much does it cost us to buy the bat? And I, I put in a picture of language she understood. And I think she, she ended up passing. It's about, <laughs> I, I felt good that she passed. Let's just put it that way. I had a, I had a very – You weren't looking for the letter grade. You were just, I have improvement. Yeah, up, down, <laughs> good, bad. So that was where I had to work on an improvement. But we were often running to clients that same way. We give them something that they really don't – we're giving them a foreign language uh, novel, and they're like, I don't understand the words that you're trying. Yeah. And they see one word they understood, but not the whole page. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, when we get a new client on, a lot of the conversation is, yeah, my accountant, they did these things for me. They would list what, you know, what they did. And it was, but I have no idea what any of that is. (laughs) Yeah. And that's normal. And it's because there is a difference between being able to talk accounting language and using the concepts that, that, that our accountant backgrounds give us to actually talk real world I'm talking to a business owner or whatever. That's a different language. Yeah, we had this funny situation recently with a new client. It's like, hey, when I send, spend some of the company money that was really for me personally, they code it to a draw. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's what everybody codes it to. That means you took the money out of the business for personal purposes. And I'm like, oh, but that's like no, that that's normal. Yeah. Oh, okay. I just yeah. like they don't they have no language explanation. That's okay. Right. But like just explaining, like, all right, we have clients that go, you give me these a profit and loss statement every month and I look at the bottom number and it's it's a plus or minus. But is that good? Is it bad? Is it does that mean that's much money that I get? Like, how does that yeah. what does that mean? I'm like, yeah, we'll talk that. There's it, a lot. It turns into hey, this this said uh, there's 20 grand, but I don't have 20 grand in my bank. Where's my big account? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That and all and the that time. the big thing that I want to communicate here is that that is normal, perfectly normal, and that is okay. It, it you know one of the things that we say internally is that it's okay to to not have an understanding of how your numbers are getting on those financial statements. But it's not okay to not understand, like to continue to not understand that. Yep. Um, and, and it's our role as the intermediary between your, you know, plugging away debits, credits, these are all words that nobody knows, yep. uh, and how those actually impact yeah. you as I mean, a business our, owner or leader. Our goal is for you to use the stuff that we're giving you to – impact the decisions that you make in running your business it we want to give you the information and we want to give you the insight we want to give you the some clarity make it easier all for the idea for you to actually use the stuff that we're giving you to improve and make your business better but also to make decisions from that 
if you're not doing that, if it's just a compliance factor, hey, that's a boring job for us. But also, it doesn't make any sense. Like, you're not improving your business based on what we're doing. We're just yeah. keeping you out of the ditches, which is perfectly fine. There's a lot of that we have to do. And there's a role for that. Correct. Because that has to happen. But I would, I want you to be engaged in, okay, what are these numbers? What, what's the story these numbers are telling me? Yeah. The, the starting point is what we say, what we say is where you're out of the ditches. Yep. That's our starting point. And for some people, that's their end point. As long as you keep me out of the ditches and I'm not, you know, getting in trouble with the IRS or whatever, you know, government um, arm that is, you know, working, then I'm happy with my accountant. And we agree with that. You should be happy if those things are true, but you should also not be satisfied. Because yep. there's so much more that you could do with that information. What I loved about accounting as I got into it was was the ability that an accountant has to interact with and see so much behind the scenes that's going on that I can then use that information in my analytical brain to start to push put together the puzzle pieces to know, mm -hmm. back to your example, so I can think back to that bat that's sitting on her sporting goods store and think through, all right, how much did they pay for that bat? How much are they going to sell that bat? Or is there any discounts or coupon codes that's taking mm -hmm. place? Is somebody paying for that bat with a gift card? And how all of those things funnel through their organization to actually be able to then use that information to start to solve some little problems that you may know about on your operation side. So for example, to use that example, let's say that your accountant realizes that, you know what, I'm paying $10 for that bat and I'm selling it for 11, but I also have a coupon code going out that says you get 30% off of everything. I, and every customer that uses that to buy that bat, I'm not really making money there. Your problem may be as the business owner, you don't know why I'm not making money, but I know that I'm not making money. So, oh, us together- I thought it cost me $5 for that bat. Yeah. But it's really cost me $10 for that bat after shipping and everything else and how the frequency I have to order. Now I'm off. And so I give the 30% discount when I was selling it. A $5 bat is a lot different than a 30% off code when I'm selling a $10 bat. Right. But the business owner may just simply know something's not working. Yeah, I'm not making any money. But the person behind the scenes looking at the stuff in our, that's the accountant piece. Those people together, because mm -hmm. as an accountant without the business owner's ideas is simply... Yeah, they may be wanting to use it as a loss leader. Or maybe they know that, so it is what it is. Yeah. Or maybe they're a low margin, you know, whatever it is. But the business owner that comes in and says, no, that doesn't seem right, then the accountant can raise their hand and say, well, oh, I know why. Oh, yeah. And so that you have to have both sides. You have to have the, this is the kind of puzzle that's being put together by the stuff that an accountant touches, which is really all cash coming in the door all the way to out the door, all of the buying, the purchasing, all of that stuff. You think about, you know, cost of goods or revenue and, and operational costs, labor, all of those things, your accountant should have not expert level, but a good understanding of how those things are working specifically in your business. Absolutely. And those things paired together is where we start to think through and talk about how the information that we provide as accountants actually do inform and influence the decisions that our clients, our business owners are making. Right. So we've talked about this before, which is the idea of past, present, future, right? So your financial statements that we provide on monthly are past this is the yep. past. It allows me to see the, it allows me to understand, tell the story of what I thought happened, happened. Is it proving out my story? Is it painting a different story? Is it good, bad, and different than what I expected? Then I'm looking at it going, okay, what's the new story it's going to paint me that I need to make decisions from? So why it's important that you're reviewing your financial statements going, I need to prove that my story is accurate. That's what financial statements do. It allows us to have a snapshot in time of how you've been doing on a trend. Then we have a present, which is, okay, do I need to make any decisions based off of these numbers today? 
And is this putting me on track for what I want to do? And that would be, that's course correction. That is, all right, are these financial statements going to be something I need to make a decision on? Hey, look, we are, our sales are booming and we are selling this bat more than any other bat around and it's over and over again. Or that bat is not selling, but this other bat is selling. I need to be able to look at the data at that point to know what is working, what is not working. You know, is my labor cost off? Is my sales right? Is my, man, you know, we're spending a bunch of money on advertising. We're not getting any bang for our buck. Or this advertising we're spending is doing awesome, and we need to spend more there. Is that like, coupon campaign even it, it, a wise thing yeah, to do? Yeah, yeah, let's stop doing that. Or like, <laughs> well, you know what? The $5 bat that we're selling for 11 bucks, and we give them a 30% off coupon. We're selling a bunch of those, and it's we're selling them out as fast as we can get them. Or maybe we can raise our price. Maybe we can lower the discount. Like, there's all kinds of stuff there. But yeah. you're going to make some decisions based on the data and the, the results that you're seeing. Yeah. Data out of context is relatively useless. Right. Context without data is pretty useless. But you yeah. put the two together, and that's where the power starts to come in. Yep. And so my question to everybody out there that's listening is, when is the actual last time that you looked at your financial statements? So when is the last time you actually maybe even sat down with your accountant and said, what does this mean? You know, from your perspective, what are you seeing? Mm-hmm. Uh, where am I off? What are things that are, you know, wonky, especially in the context of a public accounting firm like ours? You know, if you if you sit down with one of our accounting and tax managers and you are a restaurant, what you what you probably need to be aware of is that accounting and tax manager should know your stuff really well. They also have the framework of 50 other restaurants they're working with. And so they can be able to provide not, you know, I'm not going to name names of restaurants mm-hmm. and tell you how they're doing, but I'll be able to tell you, you know what, maybe in your industry, we, a lot of times we see that this, this number should be somewhere different or, you know, whatever it may be. That context for that data is super, super helpful. Great. I, I agree. And, you know, if you don't understand what you're looking at, it's, you should be asking the question, your accountant, sh- your accountant or you should be trying to figure out what is that picture that it's painting for me? Yeah. Yep. And, and it's okay to say, I don't know what this means. I have no idea what these numbers are. I would like. rather you say, I think you said it before, there's no shame in not knowing your numbers, but there is shame in continuing to not know what they mean. Yeah, I don't know. So I can't ever ask the question. Yeah. If I'm getting a, a menu that's in Spanish and I keep going to the same restaurant and just not happy with the results and then want it to be where the, I like the food I'm getting, I probably need to learn the menu, Yeah. which means I need to figure out how to translate that to English, which is the same thing I'm saying with accounting. Yeah. Yeah, because I do think it's super important that business owners are humble enough. I don't even think it's that. It's self-awareness enough to know. It's okay. I need help. And that's that's a perfectly fine thing to say. I need I help. I always find there. I Historically, when a client doesn't want to talk about stuff, they're embarrassed they don't know. Yeah. And I don't, and I don't think they realize it's it's okay they don't know. They're not supposed – they don't have to know in the yeah. beginning. It's okay. It's not okay not to – yeah, because a lot of times we start to probe into some of this stuff and the answer is, man, I know I should know that, but I really don't. Or I'm sorry, I should know that. It's like, no, you don't. This isn't something you need to apologize do for. Do I need to explain it to you? Yeah. Do I need to, I knew I, do I need to draw it on the board? I do that a lot. We, you know, we're talking about cashing, cash out of a partnership or why the difference between is your bank account and your profit. We often do that conversation with a, let's talk this through with the board, do an education level. Because it's, you know, it's, I'll be honest, a lot of small businesses fall in the same way. My bank account's good. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you made money. Mm-hmm. Just it means you have money. That's not the same thing. Same thing. My <laughs> bank account looks really good the day I get paid and before my bills go out. Yeah, it's awesome. And if I look at it at that day, I'm let's go. I'm yeah. rocking and rolling. Yep. 
But tomorrow, it may not look the same. It's negative. Why is it negative? What's going on there? Yeah. You know, one of the things that you taught me a long time ago, probably when I first started working here, is that the very first thing that you try to figure out anytime you're sitting across from a brand new client is how does cash move in and out of the business? Mm -hmm. Because once you can understand that, then the picture becomes pretty clear on what most likely needs improvement or what, you know, controls need to be in place yep. or whatever it is. Yeah. I, I like to run through, okay, walks me through how it ends when you invoice a customer. And I do that as my picture to understand it. Do they understand it? Yeah. I'm also using it for our understanding to go, all right, Next I am slide. painting the picture to myself going, okay, this is how this works. This is where the money's coming in. Oh, I think they're making money here. Probably Ooh, this is a potential for problem. I want to understand how cash works all the way through from estimating a you know, a job to brought the invoice in to receive the money to make the deposit to get a bill in for that job to pay that bill to receive the inventory against that bill to make sure that product got delivered all the way through to I paid the bill. I want to know all that and then what's left. Yeah. Um, you know, all I want to I want to do that with everything we can through the whole cash cycle. Yeah. And yeah, and I, I I think that the the funny thing about this is a lot of the business owners that we work with they understand their operations pretty well. Oh yeah, very well. They, uh, you know, if, if I'm a restaurant, they very much are engaged in, all right, I need to get these type of ingredients in these spots because I want to take three steps to that spot instead of 20 steps back to the cooler. And mm -hmm. they're thinking through what's the most efficient way to get food in the door, place it where it needs to be to be able to create the, uh, the food to get it to the window to get it to the, and they think like that mm -hmm. and that is exactly the same thing that we're doing yep. we're just doing it behind the scenes with numbers operation efficiency and financial efficiency is all we're trying to figure yeah. out yeah and and it's the same exact thing in a lot of ways but it is a different skill set it's a different data set it's a different uh, you know a different widget if you will yep uh, and, I, and I also think through like the client they also understand how this is working through their business. They just haven't proven it with numbers. They have gut feeling yeah. and they've been doing this business forever. And I kind of just know, and I, my vendors tell me I should be there and, I, and they're probably right, but are they 1% off or 5% off or 10% off or 50% off? They don't know yet. Yep. And I want to help them get to use that. I want it, uh, the, the financials are a proof in geometry language or a proof of what was supposed to happen. Yeah. And so it's important to ask yourself, you know, if you run a business or you're part of a leadership team that has P&L responsibilities, it's important to ask yourself, you know, when is the last time you actually looked at the stuff? When is, you know, what are the things on that sheet of paper that you don't understand? You know, what are the glaring stuff? What is the more, maybe more detailed stuff of, you know, I think I understand this, but I don't really know. And then following that up with, I'm going to ask, I'm going to learn. And if your accountant isn't willing to sit down with you, over Zoom or even, you know, over a table or whatever it is and answer those questions, you probably have the wrong, the wrong person doing the job yep. because an accountant has to be a teacher at heart. They have to be able to be somebody who can look you in the face and say, hey, it's perfectly fine. You don't understand that. Let me walk that through for you. See, I knew you could do it. You pulled that simply off perfectly. Right? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. It just took me, you know, 20 minutes to yeah, get right. there. No, that's great. Um, and then the, I think the last thing that I would encourage people to think through is when is the last time that something they have learned about on their financial statements, maybe, you know, whatever it is, whether it's your balance sheet, which kind of gives you a snapshot in time of where things stand or your, your P&L that's showing trends, whatever it is, uh, on those financial statements, when's the last time you use that information that actually influenced a decision inside of your organization? Some because action, yeah. if those, if that information is not influencing not they're not make it's not making the decision for you, but it's influencing the decisions you're making. Maybe it's possible, not always, but it's possible that you don't have a handle on what is winning 
when it comes to what your financial statements are giving you. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, and so you, that needs to be a conversation that happens with either your internal accounting team, whoever is responsible for owning that job, or if you're using an outsourced accounting accountant, uh, then you need to have that conversation uh, because it, it, it should, uh, those financial statements should influence your decisions. And so uh, that's what we got to talk about today. Matt, thanks for joining us as always. I really appreciate you coming in. Uh, again, just as a reiterate, use the wisdom that your accountant has. We don't say that because we think that we're wise up here. Believe me, here. We, we definitely are not uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, but use the wisdom that your accountant has to help you run your business better, to help you make better decisions about how things are going, and to understand how things are moving within and without uh, your organization. So we would love to hear from you. If you have questions or need some help with this, please feel free to reach out to us at onestepbetteratworks.com. Uh, we can continue the conversation. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the One Step Better podcast. I really appreciate it if you would take some time to rate us five stars on your podcast player of choice and make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you never miss out on another episode. Thanks and have a great day.